This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Feeling fine. Yeah. We're here in Rochester and uh, the weather's taking a turn for fall, at least for like the limited one, Literally time one day and then it's immediately <laughs> going to be 80 degrees again. I almost wore, I know I'm wearing a turtleneck right now, but it's sleeveless. I almost wore my full, like full sleeves, full turtleneck look today and it was like a 70 degree day mm-hmm. and I realized that would have been aggressive. I'm regretting my sweatshirt right now. But it's cute. Yeah, I look sporty. And cozy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's rainy, so it works. It's good. So what's your update? So as I talked about last week, I wanted to like really focus on a couple things for an extended-ish period of time. So um, if you follow us on our social media Instagram page, our social media... our Instagram page, then I had posted about the prioritization square and how writing it down seemed to work better for me because it's like something I can return to and it's like hitting all of the senses between like seeing, putting it in my brain, the whole thing. So one of the things I had written down about work specifically for my full-time job was like really wanting to accomplish like three solid tasks a day no matter like how long they were going to take or what they were, I had to complete three and then see where I was at. If I was able to complete three, like, okay, what do you do next? Do you try to tackle another one or what's the goal there? And I've been feeling really positive about that because like three is doable. And for me, three might be like one in and of itself is like a series of 20 calls or doing a bunch of call reports or something like that. So So it's like a three-hour tasks from time to time. Exactly. So that was good because it's not like, ooh, I did, like, I made three calls, I'm done. It's like these chunked out series of of things that I need to get done. And that's been feeling like I'm, I'm doing something and I'm completing something and I can move on to the next thing and start the day fresh every single day. So that's been awesome. And the other one that I wanted to do was start journaling on a more regular basis because I haven't done that in what feels like years. Um, and so instead of having that be like a check a box kind of an activity, it should just be like a for me when I feel like I need to and not have it be like a success measurement kind of a thing. So like like I've completed my day if I've journaled. Um, I'm sure I'll I'll get to that point, but because it's just like get back into the groove of doing it, it was really good to just like start doing it organically and not feel like it was, I had to do it to feel good or feel successful that day. So that's where I'm at with my prioritization square. Progress. Feeling good. And uh I have a bunch more on there and I'll give you guys updates like as I feel like I'm making progress on anything, but that I'm feeling like really positive about right now. So that's where I'm at. What about you? What's going on? I am continuing to be better at doing nothing as we've discussed so many times before. So um, on the last episode, I mentioned how I, when I'm just noticing these moments when I start to slip into 
like the social media scroll, which is a problem. I have nothing better to do, so (laughs) let me do this. (laughs) So it's actually pretty easy for me to slip into that when I'm intentionally avoiding TV and computer time. Okay. So I've at least gotten to a point where I can like not rely on those things. Yeah, you're not mindlessly watching TV. Used to be a problem area for me. Right. Um, But it happens more often, the social media scroll is when I'm like, I have 30 minutes before, like, I go to bed or before Mm -hmm. I do this next thing or before I head to whatever event that I have to go to. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'll, you know, pick my phone up and find myself... Just kill that time. Killing time. And then it's so bad when it happens late at night and instead of going to bed at, like, the, you know, crisp hour of 9.30 p.m., um, I'm up until 11 and I'm like, I don't want to, and I'm, I'm not, there's nothing that I did that was useful. And, and so you're I've, not supposed to scroll in bed. Yeah. They've said that many times. So they. <laughs> not, not great. So I'm just trying to figure out like what it is that I can do instead. Or again, at least I'm acknowledging that it's happening. And so I kind of distracted myself by listening to a podcast instead last night. That's good. But I felt like I was just kind of, like, masking this need for, like, quiet mental time. Okay. And so I think combating that urge to scroll on my phone by either grabbing a book that I'm trying to read or actually starting to build a list of things that I want to read through on, like, articles that I've saved. Yes. Um, on Pocket or Feedly or something like that. And then I think also, like, taking a page from your book and maybe journaling. Yeah. Because that'll force me to, like use my mental space appropriately. Right. And like release whatever like has happened. And even like in those 30 minute pockets, not even right before bed, but like in those 30 minute pockets before you have to go somewhere or something like that. Like I was talking to somebody and one of the things that I found I kept doing was like, if I'm going to save it until right before bed. So I do it. And that ended up just not happening. And I almost think that even if you've got like a between a meeting or something like that, that's actually probably the better time to journal because it's not like you're going to sleep or you're like, oh, I really need to get to bed. So I just don't have time for this anymore. Um, So I think that that's a great use of that 30 minutes, even not just before bed, but other times. But you know, I love pocket. And I think that pocket's a great like article saver and a good use of your phone in the evening hours. Yeah. So it's not a mindless scroll. We'll see how this goes. That's good, though. I think, and especially, like, segmenting that 30-minute time period, I think is important to acknowledge. It's not just, like, doing nothing for a whole day or anything like that. So I'm excited that you're making progress. Very good. Goals, guys. Goals, goals. Uh, What's inspiring you? This week. Um, So if you've seen the recent information coming from Nike, they recently unveiled that Colin Kaepernick is their new, I don't know if it's like, I don't want to call him a spokesperson because he's so much more than that, Mm -hmm. but they kind of um, showed their support for him and have said that he is kind of the face of Nike right now. And the whole thing is kind of about what you're ready to sacrifice to, to really dive into your goals and really commit yourself to something. But in addition to like what all of 
that means, and I fully agree with it, and I am really excited about it. There's this great ad that Nike released with Colin Kaepernick's voice narrating, and it's called Dream Crazy, and I've watched it, like, a handful of times because I love anything that, like, gives me, as J-Lo says on World of Dance, the goosies. She uses that all the time, and I just (laughs) love it. I'm like, oh, I've got the goosies too, J-Lo. I don't like that. (laughs) I love it. So it really gives me the goosies. I'll say goosebumps because it freaks you out. But it's because it's real people plus like our favorite superstars Mm -hmm. are in this ad and they're just like, they're failing and they're, they're emotional and they're showing what they're about and what their thing is. But then they show what goes beyond their thing and how they show up for other things in addition to the thing that they have gotten to the top of their class in. But then you've got these kids that are like, running and doing things and falling down and you just know that they're the falling ones were really Oof. they hit you pretty <sighs> I was hard. like oh my gosh <laughs> well especially on the skateboard and i'm yeah, just like specifically oh my god the skateboard. no thank you <laughs> and no thank you but it really makes you think like what am i doing or what are we doing that's like really pushing you to that point of like what am i sacrificing to make my dreams happen what is that feeling of like the why not me and i always go back to that like why not me why not us why can't we do this? Mm-hmm. And the question to like, the answer to that question, like, just shouldn't that shouldn't have an answer. It just like you should just keep pushing forward. So that's kind of my inspiration this week because I just think that it it fuels it's fueled me, and I think it fuels a lot of other people too. So yeah, and I feel like that's a story that needs to be told. Is like you're not going to wake up one day and be the best, the best at everything. You and as to- we know, that's really how I think it works. So. <laughs> It's good so to this see is ex- it in action. Especially important for you. <laughs> it is. Well, because there's so many things where, like, you see people at their greatest point mm-hmm. or working, like, from just below great to great. You don't yeah. see the, like, iceberg of crap they had to get through to get to that almost great point. And so this ad just kind of is another reminder that there's a lot of work that goes into anything that you care even a minuscule amount about. And we should just keep pushing. So that's where I'm at. I'm inspired. You should be. You totally should be. Uh, what's yours, from? Just prom? do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> Goals. Um, so I read this lovely article from Fast Company um, that shared when should you take a mental health day, hmm. which I think everyone should read because it did have more of a slant toward folks who do struggle consistently with anxiety and depression and other things of that nature and how to recognize when um when to proactively keep an eye out for these things so that you're not waking up one day and being like i don't know what to do i can't get out of that (laughs) yeah that's a good and that's a good like piece of that to call out yeah and so it was actually really helpful to read i've never been in a situation where i like physically couldn't get out of bed but i've been in moments where i'm like i know i'm on the edge of something rough like the spiral yeah yeah so um i especially liked in the article they called out this thing called mental health hours um and said it just like was one of those things that instead of doing like a full day incorporate some like good for you activities so that you build up this routine for you to um, acknowledge and 
make sure that you're addressing those like stress points for you or the things that trigger you. And so you're constantly doing things to like bring you back to center. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said, rather than letting the stress build up until it's intolerable and then trying to release it all at once, see if you can make stress busting activities a part of the way that you live your life. I like that. And again, stuff like this always feels so simple. It's like, well, duh, like that just should be part of it. But so much of the time we're not making it part of our day Mm -hmm. or taking the day that we need or taking the hour that we need. And so if we learn what that stress busting thing is to actively like not negotiate that time and, and make sure that it is a part of our day or our week or a weekend or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think at least at least one of the things that affects me in some capacity is just like the idea of let me just push through this and get this like get this thing done or get these things done and then I'll be able to relax but totally. like if you get hit with that feeling of like this nothing's working like this happened to me the other day where I was like I physically don't know how to write an email right now <laughs> <laughs> you're like that feels really weird and I was like something's wrong and I was like I just need to like clear my head and so I went to the gym like nice. at a very random time and it ended up ended up making me feel a ton better like right. i just felt like a weight was lifted or like it was more like a fog i was just like i felt distracted and clogged yeah. and so it's one of those things where it's like if it happens like acknowledge like in this moment don't keep pushing do the thing that would make you feel better right and if you're a person that like can't go to the gym like just take a walk or take a breather or breathe in and out download your meditation app like Mm -hmm. do anything that is going to lift the fog because if like you're staring at a screen can't write an email trying trying to it's like whoever's doing that email to is not gonna appreciate that (laughs) so even just like getting up and taking a walk i've done that a ton we have like a four i'm in a four story building and i'll walk all the way up and all the way down like a couple times just to just to release a little bit so i think that's a great piece of advice to just get away from the thing that's hurting you (laughs) (laughs) mentally yes all right Sid give it to me straight what are we talking about today so today we're talking about something that we've definitely all experienced but probably handle in all different ways and that is rejection yay and rejection sucks (laughs) (laughs) and we've all been like rejected from jobs from schools from people and it never it never gets easier like it's still it's gonna suck every single time because we're human and we our feelings are valid and our feelings get hurt but if we can learn how to like dig for the why behind the rejection and then get some coping tools because you know we love the toolbox and what Mm -hmm. tools are we using for different things um and then like Figure out if it's going that that rejection is going to fuel you or if it's going to be something that you can just put to rest or be at peace if that rejection was just like not a path meant for you. Then maybe the next time we get rejected, it won't suck as bad. Like it'll still it'll still be there. (laughs) It'll still like be very present and very real. But hopefully like the recovery process won't won't be as long or won't suck as bad. Or or you just handle the situation better. Yes. I think that it's important to look at rejection like an opportunity. For sure. Um, I think when things don't go as expected, it's pretty easy for us to feel devastated and powerless by that experience, which ultimately sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially, I feel like that happens most often when we're expecting a certain 
outcome from that scenario. So at least being able to manage your emotions or how to handle them, how to handle them better in that moment is what is important and what we're going to talk through. Absolutely. So are we ready to speak it, Queens? Let's do it. Awesome. So the first thing that I think we really need to talk about is the acknowledging portion of rejection. It's not just that it happened and then like, okay, we're never going to sit here and tell you like, okay, just like then push forward and figure out how to find the strength and just keep going. Like we just said that pushing through things is not a good idea. Really not good. (laughs) It doesn't turn out well almost ever. Or... If it, if it does work out that one time, it's going to not work out that well the, the next time. Um, I think being able to sit with what you were just rejected from or how it felt is a really hard thing to do because all you want to do is blame or, or like go and push past it or just not think about it at all and like drink your face off or go like run it off. denial mode. Yeah. But if we don't It's do- a lot like the stages of grief. Absolutely. I was thinking that as we were doing this, like you're sitting there being like, wow, that sounds really familiar. I wonder why. And it's because if you don't acknowledge something as a real thing, especially when it hurts and it sucks, then you're not fully coming to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And who knows what that could kind of turn into as you do move forward and push past something. You might never have actually dealt with it. Um, So I think it's the worst and hardest first step, but is the most necessary thing to do. And I think it's really saying to yourself, am I embarrassed? Am I pissed? Am I angry? Like, am I disappointed? And like giving life. Feel the feels. Yeah. Like giving life to those feelings and calling them what they are might feel even worse because you're like, wow, I didn't really think that I was so embarrassed to not have gotten that opportunity or I was really looking forward to it and I'm really disappointed. And sometimes acknowledging it feels like failure, but acknowledging it lets you like sit with it for a second and it really helps you begin to work through what your next step is going to be. Um, But I think that there are different ways to acknowledge. It's either like to your journal. So like maybe, you know, if I'm rejected from something, my new journaling activity will really come into (laughs) into play here. Um, Or talking to a friend or family member that you trust. I think the thing to remember when you are in like this acknowledgement place is talking to someone that is going to disregard your feelings or make you feel dumb or... Um, not listen yeah someone who's not gonna be like the supportive person like that might be a sign that maybe that relationship with whoever it is isn't as healthy as it might feel at that moment or if they turn around and make it about them like you know what I had a really bad day too do you want to hear about my bad day and you're you're like like, it's my time right now I thought we were talking okay (laughs) and then it just blows by that whole thing so if you are choosing to talk to someone else like Really think about who that person is and your relationship to them. And do you trust them with your with this, like, very vulnerable feeling that you're probably experiencing? Um, and acknowledging really shouldn't start to look at, like, a laundry list of why you suck. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be, like, you really, you're really screwed that one up. And, like, and some people would say, that's me acknowledging that I really screwed up. And I'm like, no, that's, like, really negative self-talk. And it ignores what you were actually feeling, which is embarrassed or upset. Um, but if you're like, I just I just blow at that. Like, I, of course I didn't get it. Like, why would I? And, and it can go really left really quickly. Um, 
And that can get scary. So make sure that it doesn't turn into that. <laughs> and it doesn't turn into blaming someone else. Like, I didn't get it because that person, like, they they have someone on their team or they there's someone just, like, out to get me or something like that. Because, again, you've made it about another person. You've made it about anybody other than yourself. And that completely gets away from the point of being able to sit with that feeling of being rejected, mm-hmm. which sucks, but needs to be looked at. Yeah. I feel like, um, especially because I have been a uh, learner in the process of feeling feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I agree with that. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say I agree with that. And so um, in an instance recently, I sat there and did exactly this, where it was like, I'm upset by this. I'm allowed to be upset by this. I'm allowed to feel mad about this. And then that helps you navigate how you want to have that conversation after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because you do, sometimes it's not appropriate in the moment to be like, let me handle this. Like if, you know, you have an argument with your friend or, you know, someone slights you and you're like, ah, I'm angry. (laughs) I'm so sad. (laughs) Like give yourself a second to calm down because Mm -hmm. I think, um, the acknowledgement process counteracts reaction, which can lead down a pretty slippery slope. And you want to avoid reacting angrily or making comments that you'll end up regretting Mm -hmm. because that's something that, you know, can definitely, like, cause bigger ramifications down the road. And I I think a lot of times um, it's important to think, like, this rejection is – it's not right – right now Mm -hmm. so the way that you handle something especially when you think about it from like a job perspective or um some kind of business relationship or you know when you're pitching people that kind of conversation is like you know if you reach out to them six months from now or another job comes down it could lead to another opportunity and especially being able to handle these situations with grace is important when you're trying to you know Continue to be a person. Be a, a normal human and, and not be someone that people are like, whoa, loose cannon. Right, right. And I think like that's where the difference is between being angry and acknowledging that you're angry and getting angry at someone. <laughs> and there's a, a really, there's not even a fine line. Like that's a pretty hard, very blatant line to not to not mess up. Because if you're angry and acknowledging that you're angry and saying, like, I'm allowed to be angry about this, like, I am giving myself full permission to feel the way that I'm feeling, but, like, take that anger and put it into words in your journal or to your friend. I mean, like, I'm just really angry about this and because I wanted it and I don't know what happened and I'm, I'm just feeling this way. Instead of looking at your friend and like, look what you did to me. I'm angry with you because you did this to me. Yeah. And it, it that doesn't sound the same at all. But those messages get mixed up really, really quickly when you've been rejected, I think. And rejection is such a harsh word. I like... But but that's the word that we use, right? Like, you're rejected from a job. You're rejected from that person. Like, I just... Like, it just sucks to say out loud, even. Well, you know what's crazy? When I was reading the... Uh, doing some prep for the episode, um, a psychologist said that it's actual... Like, we react the same way to rejection, the, the way that we react when we are, like receiving physical pain (laughs) oh my god so so like you're if you if someone punches you in the face or stabs you in the heart or (laughs) emotionally like emotionally (laughs) stabs you in the back that's the same reaction essentially like your body reacts in the same way and a lot of it has to go back it goes back to our 
like primal instincts of mm-hmm. like if you are removed from the group you will literally die yeah and oh, so that's such a good point it's the reason why it's so terrifying for us is because it's like we're put in like literal fear mode yeah of yes. like i'm not gonna make it well and like you think about it if if you were expecting a certain outcome like you said in the beginning like if you're expecting a certain outcome and you're rejected from what you thought that outcome was going to be you are kind of like physically taken aback mm-hmm. if you think about like times where that's happened to you because like, i'm thinking <gasps> about me right like i'm thinking about me sitting on the couch like accepting rejection i was like <laughs> and you like like push yourself back from whatever like, it is that i'm you're not doing. crying you're crying <laughs> And it is just, like, so, yeah, if you think about getting, like, punched in the face, that takes you back a couple steps, too. That's such an interesting point. Yeah. So that's why we need to take action. It is. How do we do that, Sid? So first, I mean, I'm kind of woo-woo when it comes to stuff like this, but I really think being kind to yourself is a great way to, like, firstly take action. Because I think we need to say acknowledging and taking action should be two very separate steps. So that acknowledgement is, like, that quiet period or that, like, reflection period. But the action, like, being kind to yourself as an action is something that you can do after you acknowledge what's what's happened and how you're feeling about what's happened. Um, I think it's really easy, like we said, to start like beating yourself up and doing the negative self-talk and it, it like spirals really, really quickly. So like start by taking the action of like, this isn't, I, I'm I'm nervous to say like it's not a reflection of you because like when you're rejected, it might very well be a reflection of who you are or have you done something. But like you said, saying like, it's not right for me, or it Mm -hmm. wasn't right right now. And being kind to yourself in the sense of like, I'm, I'm not at fault here, like, and really starting to think about like, what happened to get to that point of rejection, but not taking your whole self down in the process of it. Like, I think there's a difference between being honest with yourself in a real way and saying like, I might've made a left turn somewhere and like being like, I'm the worst person on the planet. Like, how could I be such an idiot? Like those are two different narratives. Yeah. Like avoiding the taking it personally track. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that doing anything like anything is another action step to take. And we kind of talked about this in the update of like, or in, yeah, the update of like doing nothing, like, when you're getting re- when you get when you get rejected as you're getting rejected <laughs> like doing anything to at least like pivot your mindset like you've acknowledged you've figured out like okay this is happening to me like i'm i'm taking it a certain way but like walking outside doing dishes making your bed like anything that you've been like putting on the back burner for quite some time like for me it always ends up being the stuff that piles up on my island like just to put that energy somewhere and not go to like the place of let me take a class on how to do everything better Mm -hmm. but like just just getting moving in some way um i think is another next step in this process of okay now now i've acknowledged now what do i do um because the grappling with it will come later like the how do I get better at the thing I was rejected from comes after that. But again, like you're sitting on the couch, someone just told you you didn't get the job that you've been waiting for for how long to hear about. And you're like, oh my God. And you you can find yourself there for hours. <laughs> like whoever comes home and you're like, oh my God, I've been here for hours. I've just been thinking about it. <laughs> Stop. It's still so real to me. If you had gotten you're up like and swimming clean, in a puddle of your own tears. Seriously. <laughs> but if you had gotten up and been like, let me just like tackle the pantry or tackle the island. Yeah. Just to like 
get to a place. Because I think important. that that's what removes you from the space where you can easily spiral into I'm nothing, yeah. I'm worthless. And I like to hit the gym because mm-hmm. I think that's a great place for you to like put that anger or energy or upset feelings of just like, I'm like hustling on the treadmill Mm -hmm. and you're like releasing all that stress and anxiety that tends to hit when someone tells you that you're not uh, getting the thing that you want to (laughs) get. Well, and like, and you're so right about, and I think even like crying is an action that Mm -hmm. you can take. Like that release of that feeling is also important. So if it was like devastating to the point where you just need to like release that, I think that that's another thing you can do too. But you made a great point of just like, you need something that's going to tell you that you don't suck as bad as that person just felt like they told you you suck so bad. Yeah. So like getting some of that confidence back, like, look, I can still walk on the treadmill. Like, look, I can still organize my... (laughs) My island. Like, not everything is lost. <laughs> and I'm making it sound dramatic, but, like, if you've ever been rejected, it feels it like... It tends to feel that way. Everything's been taken <laughs> away from you. Like, nothing works the same way. So, I think uh, those are all kind of things that you want to think about in that next action step. Energy boost, endorphin boost, something that makes you feel good. For sure. Um, rethinking failure. This is such a big one that I think we all need to really like take a beat and ponder on for some time because failure, I even said it today, like I just feel like a failure and it like drops everything that you've been working toward. And it could be just one slight thing that went awry, but you're like, I feel like I'm failing. And that takes down every other thing Mm -hmm. that could have been positive in that moment. And it just takes it away from you. So I think the way we think about failure really needs to shift in that way. So every failure presents a lesson for sure. And Says Sensei Brianna. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. I believe you, Sensei. (laughs) Um, So I think that that's like this also the action that you take is sit down with your thoughts and write out what your brain is processing around what happened. um, And how can you use that information to make more informed decisions in the future? Because instead of saying to yourself, I'm a failure, it's like, okay, I failed at this one thing that I thought I would be successful at. What do I do now? Right. Right. So taking action on the mistake or the mishap, what have you. Absolutely. Um, I also think it's important that you remind yourself that it's not always about you. (gasps) What? Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Merlin Mann, one of my fave uh, podcasters, often says everybody has their reasons. Mm -hmm. Dan says this to me every time that I have a moment of... Freak out. Small breakdowns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But not everyone is out to get us. Yeah. That's the truth. And reminding yourself that you don't have to seek social justice (laughs) for rejection that hurt you uh, is really necessary. And if you're reframing the situation by putting yourself in someone else's shoes, that helps kind of give context to what's happening around the situation. Um, And also remind yourself of your worth. Yeah. You are a wonderful person and you deserve everything but you're okay and you have an opportunity to reshape your perspective based on what is now in front of you absolutely and i think it's like the, after all of those things that we just talked about is when you get to look at like okay now i'm a little bit more clear-headed now i am not being so aggressively mean to myself now what do i look at that rejection as and what is my step to like 
shift that that specific rejection not just to like take my mind off of it or feel confident again and just like anything but now I'm ready to really look at that thing and figure out what is going to help me either figure out if it was the right move or the wrong move or really start to look at that specific situation Mm -hmm. versus just kind of like rebuilding your your inner your inner confidence what's the new plan exactly exactly so I thought it would be a fun thing to do, (laughs) and I'm now regretting it, but I still think it's a good idea Um, to really talk about, like, times that we've been rejected and how we dealt with it, because that negative self-talk comes fast and easy, and you could be... I don't care who you are. If you're the most confident person in the world, you know your stuff, you're getting it all done, and you get rejected from something, whether you thought you were going to get it or not, it sucks. It just sucks. And so, for me... It was, I actually have applied to more than one grad program, (laughs) and I don't tell a lot of people that, so I'm sharing with all of you. (laughs) But that's okay, Sid. It's okay. Um, So I, the first grad program that I applied to, um, I didn't get in. So long story short, I thought I had everything in line. It was a longish shot because of the program itself, but I thought I was making a lot of like valid connections to my interest in the program, plus like what my work has been for the last, what, six, seven years since I graduated, and how I thought that it could inform this new program, that it's a good thing I was out of school for this long, so I could use that information to kind of help fuel this program. It was in um, data data science. <laughs> and if you know me at all, like, I love data, but me in front of a screen all day working on data doesn't seem to line up. <laughs> really. But I think what I was really attracted to was data science is really helping inform so many decisions. And that is a really cool skill, firstly. So if you do it, I think that you're super rad. But then also, like, I'm thinking about my future. And I'm sitting here being like, that's a huge field that's just going to continue to grow and be necessary well into the future. So I'm like, this could really be something for me. So I did all the things I was supposed to do. I put a lot of effort into it. I felt really good about it. And then um, I didn't get in. And I just got a call one one day out of the blue. And someone was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't think that you're right for the program. But thanks thanks for trying. I'm like, you're like, why? It's like, are you nearby? Should I come find you? Like, should we talk about this? Like, I really think we should talk about this. Let me buy you a beverage. Like, we'll, we'll figure this out. And now, this was an out-of-town program, so it was going to be fully online as well, which is another, like, layer to my life that I don't think would have worked out really well for me. Um, but it just, it sucked. It sucked so bad because I was really confident about it. I put a ton of effort into it. And I had been rejected a lot before by, like, potential romantic partners, but, like, work-related things and school-related things, I was not used to being rejected from. So that was, like, a different avenue that I hadn't experienced before, and that just really sucked. And the way I dealt with it was, like, I... The people that I told, you were one of them, that I didn't get in, I was expecting everybody to, like, throw my pity party with me and, like, bring hats and cake. Nope. And I was super ready for that. I was like, okay, guys, like... This sucks. Let's figure out how to celebrate how much it sucks and like extend that period for any length of time. And then you realize like people, like you said, people have lives and the world doesn't revolve around you, which I'm still learning. (laughs) But it was this moment where I'm like, wow, like these people that love and care about me 
are not giving this the time that I thought it needed to breathe and really let us feel together and accept this rejection (laughs) as a team. And then I was like, oh my God, if they're not doing this and they don't feel, then they must not feel like I probably really need to dwell on this for that long. And so I think- I was like, what's next? I know, exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what you said. And you were like, and I was thinking like, part of me wanted- wanted that so I could use it as an excuse to not do something else. Mm -hmm. So I could really say like, you know what? I was rejected. This sucks. I'm never trying again because I never want to feel that way again. And with the people around me that, that knew about it and acknowledged it and were like, okay, like let's roll over our sleeves. Let's figure out what else you want to do. And that's when I realized, okay, going back to school is the goal. This is something that I'm really committed to. I just need to find a different program that fits my personality better, my skill set better, my strengths better. And that like that whole like, I don't know, half moon of like going from solid rejection to figuring out what my next step was going to be felt like a whirlwind of emotions that lasted like maybe a couple days. (laughs) But I think that this happens to people a lot. Like people get rejected from the school they want to go to all the time. Um, And a lot of like kids, like these kids that are 17 that are getting rejection letters, like how are we talking to them? And how are we making everything feel like this isn't the world ending? I know it was your first choice, but we'll find something that's better suited for you. Yada, yada, yada. We'll go to community college. We'll try again. Like whatever the narrative is around something like this, like I had not experienced that before. And so that was my, that was my rejection and it sucked, but I feel like I learned how to manage better. You're now in a baller program, too. Yes, exactly. I remember when you got into the program you're in now, I was like, this is so much better than the other one. So much better. And I think the other thing, like being on the the side of this experience with you Mm -hmm. as the friend being like, all right, what's the reality of the situation? What are we looking at? And the way that they handled their response to you and the way that like just the approach to it and like not providing any guidance to you on like here's why and here's what you can do right they literally let were like you're not a good fit bye right right and i was like you don't want to go to a school that doesn't respect the fact that you are trying to pursue something and putting it all out putting there the, and- the effort in and also having like strong ties to certain like pieces within the scope of all these things right. and i think that that's you know Important. And in my acknowledgement process, I could have said, like, you know what? Like, screw them. I blame them for all of this. I did nothing wrong. Everything I did was solid and awesome. So screw you guys. I'm better off without you. But instead, I chose the other of just being sad about it and acknowledging that I was sad about it to myself. Um but then it couldn't it couldn't just end there. There mm-hmm. had to be another step after that acknowledgement. And that's where that action had to start taking place. And the people I shared this with were like super instrumental in helping that action happen. So I think like if you think you have to do this whole process on your own, you really don't. Like there are ways, not even just the acknowledgement and sharing with someone you trust and love, but the action piece of it. You can ask for help on that and you can mm-hmm. figure out how to involve the people that you care about or your mentors or your like personal board of directors in whatever that next step is very important so that's mine your turn (laughs) well (laughs) harrowing tales one day (laughs) long long time ago (laughs) how do those stories go (laughs) a long long time ago uh once upon a time (laughs) i got the dreaded we're going with someone who's a better fit for this role phone call 
Um, my initial reaction was definitely the uh, anger combined with sadness, acknowledging that that was a lost opportunity. I was super confident that I was the perfect fit for this thing. And um, I actually was at the gym when I got the phone call. That's your place, though. <laughs> Nothing bad's supposed to happen <laughs> there. Nothing bad is supposed to happen in the gym. And so I got the phone call and went to sit down and receive the news, hoping <laughs> that it was great news. And it was like, we're sorry. This isn't going to be what you wanted it to be. Sorry. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate, you know, all the whole experience. You guys were wonderful. I loved, you know, chatting with the team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I kept it short because I definitely felt like I was going to start crying. Um, and I thanked the person who I was speaking with over the phone and was like, oh, crap, I immediately regret not asking for any context around the situation. But luckily I had... Um, their email, so I was able to follow up after the fact. Um, but I really should have asked for in that moment guidance on, you know, hey, thank you so much for that. I'd love any, like that news is not ex- what I expected, but I'd love any feedback that you can give me to help provide some context around the situation so I can improve for the future. Um, luckily, I was able to get that after the fact, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes that's better to ask in person, especially on the phone. Um, and then I immediately uh, proceeded to uh, go on the treadmill in a public space and kind of cried a little bit. It's totally oh, fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, but in that moment, uh, I definitely did the like, you're allowed to feel sad. You're definitely in a public space and you're kind of crying a little bit. And it's obvious that you're kind of crying a little bit. But you should just just keep hustling because you need to like let this out. Because I was like, I didn't want to feel bad for myself because I was like, I know I worked hard. And so I need to keep working hard. Mm -hmm. And what is this opportunity giving me? Um, And then obviously after the fact, once I got the information around, you know, what was revealed of the situation is that it was a very close call. And that was something that, you know, the motivation to hear after the fact of like, we're going to come back, like, let's revisit this in six months or a year, reach out again, because this opportunity may be opening up in a different capacity, um, so on and so forth. So like, to have that opportunity to say, oh, I'm going to keep in touch with you guys, um, and check back in and having a timeline to check back in was really helpful. But those follow up notes actually ended up giving me the confidence to keep pursuing things Mm -hmm. and know that I was capable. Um, because that vote of confidence, in a way, is necessary in these types of situations. Yeah. But I think it's, like, for me, the learning was that it's sometimes easy to get in our own head and talk ourselves down. And that's something that I tend to do often. It's, like, from this situation then to where I am now, it still exists. Right, right. And I think the reality is that there are lessons in those experiences. And I learned more about what I was capable of. Um, in terms of like what I wanted out of my career, what I actually was looking for. Um, And I ended up having a better understanding of my strengths because I took the time to say, why was this, why did I feel so confident that this was the thing that I wanted? Um, And then really 
used that as an opportunity to forge a new path um, and led me in a total different direction, which is awesome. Right. Um, and then the lesson in this for me is that sometimes you think you're ready for a change or you're like doing the thing, but rejection can actually help you see things from a new angle. And what does that present to you right. The next? Right, right. And that's all just like, and these are not the only times we've been rejected <laughs> in our lives here. These like these are just the ones that stand out a lot more maybe than other ones. But I think when you take the positive spin, which I'm learning more and more that like positivity is great, but it doesn't always lead the way. But I think at some point you can't let the negative take over. And that lesson of rejection can help you see things from a new angle like that was a negative experience that turned into a positive one and Mm -hmm. I think those can absolutely live side by side and we need to allow them to or we will just continue to sink and that's not helping us at all especially if we have plans to move forward I mean like you didn't get the job or you didn't get into school like that's the reality now and regardless of what they've said either like, no, like, try again next year, or like, no, reapply, like, you can do this. And like, that's fine. And that might give you some kind of hope for the future. But like, the reality is, this is where you are now, and you've been rejected. So now, like, how are you taking that to take on either a brand new angle, or be at peace with something or find the positive within the negative? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of it is like, you can take rejection and then give up. Yes. But no one wants that. Right. Like, right. look at what happened to both of us. We're doing great now. Different places now. Right. <laughs> but we use, like, we used that. And I think the important thing is when we talked about self-awareness in a different episode, like, asking yourself those hard questions and really being prepared to answer them honestly also feeds into this rejection conversation. Like, when you're asking yourself, like, why did this happen this way? Or what was I looking for within this that now has not happened? What am I pulling out of that mm-hmm. to then move forward? And asking those hard questions is is what's going to push you to the next step. And the rejection is just step one. The steps after that are can be much harder because you might have to adjust or pivot or or rebuild or all of these things that that feel like huge mountains compared to the like little anthill that you walked over by being rejected or that someone else did for you. I mean mm-hmm. like they took that power right out of your hands, which sometimes is the easier place to be. And now the work is up to you to figure out am I gonna sit here and just take that or am I going to use this as an opportunity opportunity always opportunity so rejection sucks we've both been there more I mean honestly at my friend's wedding my one of part of my (laughs) speech was how often I got rejected by potential romantic partners in my quest to be loved (laughs) and it was it's funny now But it sucks in the moment. So where this episode really centers around like rejection as far as like work experiences and how to handle that, I think a lot of what we talked about also applies to that. So if that's what you're dealing with and struggling with, like, hey, we done been there. (laughs) So you're not alone. You are not alone and there's hope yet. So get to work, take action, acknowledge your feels. You got this. You're there. You got this. Let's, we can, and we can talk to you. We can help. Let us know. We'll help you. Yes. We'll guide you on the pathway to loving rejection. (laughs) We'll all be there someday. Of course. All right. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. 
find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.